0: Hello, my name is Anna, and if you're into scary stories and creepy real-life happenings, then I think you will love my podcast. Let me tell you a scary story. Join me every week as I read to you stories of the paranormal that actually happen to ordinary people. These are things that can't be explained and don't always make much sense, and they are sure to intrigue and to give you the shivers. So join me on your favourite podcast listening platform and let me tell you a scary story. Welcome to episode 65, Maryland, a.k.a. Maryland. Maryland, what's up? Tonight we're going to be discussing the Goatman of Fletchertown Road. I keep wanting to say Copperhead Road. Where yep. did you come from? Where did you go? Anyway, um, <laughs> then we're going to get into <laughs> the the Phantom of O'Donnell Heights. I, I like phantoms. Yeah. This guy Good. is kind of weird. He's like our own version of Spring Hill Jack. So. Sweet. Yeah. So I'm Chris. Joining me across the hall or across the hall. Across the way is James. What's up, peoples? What's up, brother? How you doing? Doing well, man. Doing well. What do you say we get into the uh, the goat, man? Waste no time, and You stole Bye. my shit.
1: You stole my shit. <laughs> You're welcome. That's all right. All right, Road Warriors. This week's point of interest isn't only cool. It sounds like a supervillain Origin story and takes place near and around the towns of Bowie and Beltsville, Maryland, on a winding wooded stretch known as Fletchertown Road. Cue the Marvel music. <laughs> <laughs> Goatman stories originated in this area in the 1970s due to the reported disappearance and death of several dogs. Which that pissed me off when I was reading
0: that. It's kind of how it always starts. So Those yeah, like pet or um, pets or yeah. livestock deaths exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Anyway, the disappearance and death of several dogs, I shall say it again, Mm -hmm. which was the birth of the legend and the creature that was said to have been responsible. Who concocted the creature is also a mystery. There's real no origin of who named it or who started it. It just kind of sprouted up and grew. You know, they kind of blossomed and became a local monster mystery, basically. And initially, the dogs were thought to have died wandering along the train tracks. You know, most people dismissed it. And although, you know, in my 54 years of existence, I've never heard of a dog dying because of a train. Uh, you know, they're, they're pretty slow moving for the most part. You know, and dogs are pretty uh, pretty aware. You know, not that it hasn't happened probably, but, you know, it seems highly improbable. Now, despite evidence that suggests otherwise, the local legend continued to grow and circulate, especially among the younger population. Graffiti reading, Goatman was here, was not uncommon, and law enforcement would habitually receive calls of reported sightings, albeit a number of them being prank calls. Of course. Of course, yeah. The Goatman has been described as a half-human, hairy, bipedal humanoid with cloven hooves and a human head with horns, much like the Greek mythological beings known as the fawn. And also like Sheep Squatch. Yep, Sheep Squatch. But if anybody wants to know what this guy looks like, yeah. he actually kind of looks like Thomas from the uh, Narnia series. Oh, James McAvoy? I get, not him, but the, the basic structure. Oh, okay. But it actually does have the longer face and horns. Mm, so he's not, he, okay. you know, he's humanoid, but he still has the goat face yeah. and horns.
0: It, ooh, crazy.
1: Yeah. The creature is rumored to live in wooded areas near Bowie in the Prince George's County in makeshift shelters. Little stick, you know, little lean-tos and shit. It would occasionally venture out and hunt dogs or other small animals and was also said to rush out of the tree line and beat on passing cars with an axe. <laughs> Damn, that's great. That made me I laugh. I love it. I read that the first time. I was like, this thing run out there? But I'm like, sorry, man. If the goat dude hit my truck with an axe, he's getting run the hell over. <laughs> Legend or not, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm about to have some lamb chops. And tonight. if he runs into the forest, I got four wheel drive. I'm chasing this fool down. I'm running his ass over. I'm about to have some goat jerky up in here. Yep. But now that we have a general description and a small bit of backstory as to his realm, let's discuss how the creature supposedly came to be. And this is the good part. Although there are some variations, which I seem to find a lot in my stories, one stands out as the most prominent when researching the goat man. A scientist, name unknown, was working for the Beltsville Agricultural Center and was experimenting with animal DNA. Dr. Moreau, ring a bell? You, mm. Does anybody ever see that movie?
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, What's his face? Val Kilmer and uh, Marlon Brando?
1: The old, yeah, the really old school one.
0: Oh, not that one. The, the yeah. older one? Uh, yeah.
1: Okay. okay. With Michael... Michael Caine, I think, was in it. Oh, that's Bert, right. Bert Lancaster mm. and a bunch of people. But anyway, that's beside You digress. <laughs> and I digress. During his experiments, he, would, he was accidentally injured, and his blood came into contact with goat blood, m- you know, mixing the DNA together and causing a mutation, changing him into the human-goat hybrid, also altering his mind and affecting his behaviors. Aka super villain. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, th- and this is when, right around this time, it was reported the accident. This is when most of the reports of animal killings and car attacks began.
0: Interesting. In right.
1: another much less interesting version, the goat man himself was an old hermit who lived in the woods, and he did have a, um, uh, what do you call a flock of, or a herd of goats. You know, he had a herd of goats. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he would just sit in the woods and could be seen walking alone at night on Fletchertown Road. But in this version, he just goes about his business. He's not violent. No axes,
0: you know, passing vehicles. And I put on here, boring. Next. I thought you were going to say he had a... um sexual nature with the goats and nope. that spawned the goat man. No,
1: nothing was mentioned. about that, that would have been not boring, but they just called him as an old wood hermit who lived with goats. Oh, okay. And mm-hmm. just would wander the road. Uh-huh. But I think he was extraordinarily hairy and stuff like that. See, cause sometimes I, you know, I wonder how these things come about. Cause if a human stays out in the forest long enough, they get hairy as hell. Right. Scraggly looking, their faces get covered. You know, you can be mistaken for something else. Oh yeah. But anyway, according to a University of Maryland professor, Dr. Barry Pearson, who specializes in folklore, says the legend started long before what is commonly told and it was only perpetuated, embellished by the incidents of the 70s, and it just basically grew from there. So in other words, it happened before.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: A lot of the blame for the continued sightings, and I love this, and encounters is blamed on bored teenagers little punked, that claim they are attacked when up on Lover's Lane or out having bonfire parties. Are you saying teenagers are
0: being less than truthful? No, I don't Duh, believe that. Come on
1: now. <laughs> Goat men are not only seen in Maryland, they have been spotted in other states, including here in Texas. That's right. And other countries. We got a bridge here. Yep, and other countries as well. But this local Maryland legend seems to be the most persistent. It's the one when I was looking. It comes up the most. One fact that was noted and quite humorous was the fact that the goat man can speak and has a trash mouth and can be quite vulgar.
0: <laughs> wait, wait, wait. That's that's just Danny DeVito's character from Hercules. Pretty that's, much. That's Phil. That's all yeah. it is.
1: <laughs> uh, now we got to bring it back down to reality. On the darker side, of course, there were reports, as I said, that predate the '70s. One in particular was in 1962 that tells of 15 hikers that were killed and their bodies were decapitated. Whoa. Locals at the time blamed the goat man or other woodland monster and said it would make weird noises when it killed. But frankly, how would they really know? I mean, were they there?
0: I would look less at a short horned man. Yeah, more a tall hockey mask wearing man, maybe. Uh, they yes. killed fifteen teenagers, perhaps
1: wearing some green coveralls. Yes, and, and the weird noise
0: it was making was. <laughs>
1: That's right. Little to no proof, however, exists that justifies the existence of the goat man, and I did dig. Boo. Yeah, there are numerous myths and stories <laughs> about the goat man that Marylanders swear by. Nevertheless, the reality of the goat man is still surrounded by ambiguity, which makes the century-old case an unsolvable mystery. Those are my favorite kind, actually. Though Absolutely. Love them. So here we are again, warriors, another legend, but yet another place we can visit for ourselves. The human capacity to inflate and distort information is uncanny, so sometimes we must check it out for ourselves. Of course, if I go out there, I am taking a rental and I'm taking out the insurance for 25 bucks just in case. I love cryptids, as I have said many times before. The stories, even if they can rarely, if ever, be proven, and that there are always seems to be a little or no photo evidence, are still intriguing. So, what do you think of this one? Not too bad, if you ask me. Seriously, though, did you think I would actually do this story and not make a goat noise? <laughs> Come on now! After sixty-two fun-filled episodes, you ought to know me by now. Now, nice. see the thing is, like I said I take that damn insurance policy out.
0: Yeah, because
1: I forgot to, to put it in my damn notes in case a damn some bitch run out the woods and try to hit my shit with an axe.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm covered. Well, yeah, absolutely. You don't do your car though.
1: Yeah, I don't care if he beats up a rental. I give a no, shit.
0: You got the insurance. I mean, he sounds he sounds like a like a bad Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's, that's almost almost as bad as the fucking the the parakeets that we were the oh parrots. the cussing parrots yeah oh god right yeah, they kept coming back in the episodes later on yes for, they for did reason,
1: so. so we he may get some more visits by the goat man goat you man. never know
0: that's fine I love the goat man I love you goat man he's all right he's all right all right man let's go ahead and take a break and then we'll get into the uh, the Phantom of O'Donnell Heights
1: sounds good to me brother.
0: Residents of Baltimore, Maryland's O'Donnell Heights projects had a lot on their minds in the summer of 1951. Not only was the Red Scare in effect, FBI agent Mary Markwood testified before the HUAAC that communists were planning to infiltrate Baltimore's steel industry and take it for their own. Also, the city was suffering from a series of heat waves. The residents were already on edge and losing sleep when another threat appeared that would quickly erase the heat and the Reds from their minds. In July of that year, a tall, thin figure dressed in all black began sprinting across the rooftops of O'Donnell Heights. It leapt on and off buildings, broke into houses, attacked people, enticed a young girl to crawl under a car, and played music in the nearby graveyard. (laughs) Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Groups of young men patrolled the streets, while others waited by their windows at night, keeping a sleepy watch for the quote-unquote phantom prowler that eluded his pursuers and vanished into the cemetery before he could be caught. Blah, 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 blah. By end of the month, police were arresting people for disorderly conduct and carrying weapons, but the phantom had disappeared and was never seen again. O'Donnell Heights was built eight years earlier as a housing project for defense industry workers at Bethlehem Steel, Martin Aircraft, and Edgewood Arsenal during World War II. It was never meant to be either durable or attractive. Hmm. Tightly spaced, two-story row houses went up on a 66 acres of what used to be farmland, a brickyard that belonged to the Baltimore Brick Company and part part of St. Stanislaus Kotzka Cemetery, one of the several graveyards in the immediate area. The others included Evangelical Trinity Lutheran Congregational, God, that's a long ass word, Mount Carmel, St. Matthews, and Oheb Shalom Congregation Cemetery. But the phantom would show an affinity for St. Stanislaus and often appear nearby. The Phantom didn't stick around for very long, however. With the last sighting came around July 25th. So before we get into further into this, let's go ahead and acknowledge the source for tonight's, uh, tonight's uh, story. Once again, Mr. Robert Damon Schneck, the author who uh, we quoted from last week with the auto-decapitation. Nice. Uh, this comes from his book, The President's Vampire, Strange But True Tales of the United States of America. And it's called Chapter Six: A Horror in the Heights. Nice. Yeah, his uh, those two books of his that I have, the um, Mrs. Wakeman and this one, President's Vampire, have some really crazy stories that I never heard of. Nice, well, that's the point, ain't it? Including the Bye Bye Man. Really? This his tale of the Bye Bye Man, which, by the way, the the his tale in that book is more of a personal one because it involves somebody he knows personally. Oh, boy is the inspiration for that shitty movie. Really? Yes. Ugh. So as crappy as a movie is, it's, that movie is somewhat based on an actual event. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the first definite date discovered by author Schneck was July 19th, although the Phantom was undoubtedly seen a number of times prior to that day. That night the temperatures were in the 70s and the moon was full. 20-year-old William Burskirk was walking along the 1100 block of Travers Way with some friends around 1 a.m. when he saw the Phantom on a roof. I it. I saw it. After they saw the figure jump off the roof, he and his friends gave chase into a graveyard. One of the boys' interviews stated, quote, He sure is an athlete. You should have seen him go over that fence, just like a cat, end quote. The fence that surrounded the cemetery was six feet in height and trimmed with barbed wire on the top. According to a group of friends, the Phantom in Black leapt over it with ease. Next, resident Hazel Jenkins claimed that same week that the Phantom actually grabbed her. That name sounds so fucking made up. Hazel Jenkins? Hazel
1: Jenkins. (laughs)
0: Sounds like a horror movie woman. Yeah. Just (laughs) just a born victim, right? Yep. She saw the Phantom twice at close range and may have been attacked when the Phantom tried to break into her home. Uh Uh-oh. Her brother Randolph saw it soon after, quote, I saw him two nights after he tried to break into our house. He was just beginning to climb up the roof of the community building, end quote. The community building is the tallest building in the project. We chased them all the way to Graveyard Hill. The Phantom next paid a visit to the family of Melvin Hensler. It broke into their house on July 20th, but stole nothing. The family went to stay with Mr. Hensler's brother, but the next day Mrs. Hensler returned to the house. She found a potato bag that was left on the ironing board, which she was convinced belonged to the intruder.
1: <laughs> so he's he,
0: he going to leave a sack of taters there. <laughs> he didn't take anything, he, but left, he left taters. He left taters. Okay. A wave of storms came in on July 23rd, which lowered the temperatures, but had no effect on the phantom. The next night on July 24th at 1130 PM, officers Robert Clark and Edward Powell were called to the O'Donnell Heights area where they were greeted by some two hundred people who said they had seen the oft-reported phantom. We sainted. it. We all sainted. it. That's right. Clark said that they pointed to the rooftops and someone yelled, "The phantom's there!" Bleh, bleh. <laughs> I'm just doing this for effect. This, <laughs> I love it. The police drove around and arrested a twenty-year-old sailor carrying a hammer. He was fined five dollars. <laughs> five. That's right.
1: Oh, man. A
0: reporter from The Sun found 30 or 40 people waiting around the back stoop of a house on Gusrian Street waiting for the sun to come up.
1: The stoop.
0: The stoop. For our young people, that's a small porch. Thank you, sir. One of them, Charles Pinninger, had armed himself with a shotgun. He interviewed several of them who passed along rumors and told of their own experiences. Some of them claimed the Phantom lived in the graveyard and a woman who lived on Wellsback Way, adjacent to State analysts, suggested that the phantom was doing more than jumping fences and breaking into houses. <laughs> <I> love it. <laughs> "Quote: One night, I heard someone playing the organ in the chapel up there
1: at <laughs> about <laughs> one o'clock." <laughs>
0: Uh-oh. Uh, now you do the sound. That's right. The Phantom was also reported seen beckoning to Esther Martin from underneath the automobile, saying, Come here, little girl. Oh, geez. They all float down here. The consensus of the crowd was that the Phantom easily leaped from two-story buildings, flew over fences, and was a general nuisance in the neighborhood. A man named George Cook admitted having mixed feelings about what was happening. Okay. He did not deny the reports of the Phantom, just the possibility that something extraordinary was was involved. In the end, he blamed the media. Even back then, they're blaming the media, man. Hey, fake news,
1: man. Fake news.
0: It's ridiculous to believe that a man can jump from a height and not leave a mark on the ground. Yet this character does it all the time. It's my idea that when this thing is cleared up, it'll turn out to be one of these young hoodlums who had gotten the idea from the movies or the so-called funny papers and is trying to act it out. That is the that is the oldest, grumpiest man explanation I've ever heard like in my life.
1: Like the V for Vendetta dude or some shit? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got the crazy mask on and that big flat rim hat and the yep. cape.
0: Yep. This story, this sort of thing appeals to detective story readers who are mainly looking for excitement End quote. Meanwhile, the police were busy ignoring the phantom and rounding up the usual suspects. On the morning of July 25th, they arrested four boys on disorderly conduct charges at an unidentified cemetery at 10 PM. That same night, officers arrested three boys on an embankment near the cemetery. I, six... I giggle because I'm waiting for something stupid. Yeah. Because <laughs> I know
1: something stupid is going to happen. Some Somewhere around here, I think so. Boneheads,
0: yep. There are six companions, all on the lookout for the phantom, fled the scene. An hour later, the police responded to a call from a resident who heard footsteps on his roof, but nothing was found. Bleah. At some point the next day, Mrs. Mildred Gaines heard the sound of someone trying to break into her house and ran outside barefoot screaming, It's the phantom! Bleah. Shit! <laughs> 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 it was actually the police breaking down the door to serve a search warrant on the premises. <laughs> <Holy shit. laughs> Even worse. Oh, man. Mrs. Gaines and four male companions were arrested on bookmaking charges. Bookmaking? Bookmaking. Oh, bookies. Okay. Yeah, bookies, yeah. By this time, the newspaper coverage, which had started off with reporters as baffled as the residents of O'Donnell Heights, turned humorous. The stories poked fun at the sightings, reported pranks by neighbors pretending to be the Phantom, and carried a story about a Phantom sighting on a rooftop that turned out to be a ventilation pipe. Oh, geez. On July 27th, the Evening Sun announced that there were no more reports and said that people, quote, police think it might be a teenager, end quote. Of course. The Phantom was gone. They're just easy to blame. They are. Oh, yeah. There's so many of them. There's easy so, to blame, and they're always pulling. Shit. They're all assholes. But the heat was back with high humidity and temperatures in the mid-90s. Like most bizarre flaps of this type, there was no satisfying resolution to the panic created by the Phantom of O'Donnell Heights. An unofficial version claimed that residents finally chased into a cemetery where the Phantom jumped into a crypt and vanished for good. There is a balance about the quote-unquote horror of the Heights. Sociologists have described the events in O'Donnell Heights as an example of quote imaginary community threat end quote, suggesting that the 900 families living there experienced some type of mass hysteria whipped up by rumors and the media. Of course. It's true that misconceptions undoubtedly play a part in the events, but they don't explain the relatively straightforward experiences described by William Bruskirk and other witnesses. The police never denied that people were seeing something, but like George Cook, thought it would turn out to be a young hoodlum. But if he was, he was never caught, exposed, or or confessed. Some have taken the phantom's affinity for St. Stannilus as evidence that was an actual ghost. Hmm. Part of O'Donnell Heights was built on a land that once belonged to the cemetery, which contains a great many unmarked graves from the influenza epidemic of 1918. Also, bodies were exhumed and reinterred when Boston Street was extended in the 1930s, but it's hard to see how this would stir up a spirit in July of 1951. So, there was a COVID killer in
1: 1913. 1918. It was called the Spanish flu. You remember the Spanish flu? Yeah. Hell Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm just making a facetious point. Oh, yeah. I'm just, well, being a, I'm just saying COVID viruses have been around for centuries. It's not like this is some new thing.
0: No, this, this is just the latest in the... I mean, it happens every 100 years as there's a massive pandemic. Absolutely. Yeah. There has also been suggestion that the Phantom was some sort of mysterious entity. Tall figures dressed in black have been seen all over the world for centuries. The most famous one is spring Hill Jack, a tall, thin, hideous entity with clawed hands and pointed ears. It was said to breathe fire and wore a cloak and tight fitting suit of either metallic mesh or white oilskin. Oh, Lord. It had a silver helmet on its head and to complete the ensemble, a lantern strapped to its chest. A lantern on his chest. Helmet. Ugh. It was seen all over What year was this guy? It was seen all over England from 1837 to 1877. for okay, 40, so. 40 years.
1: So we had a green lantern running around England. It's
0: a black lantern. He was in
1: A bla- black lantern. Sorry,
0: it was a white lantern because he was in white. Yeah. Another tall, thin entity in black was the Mad Gasser of Mattoon, Illinois, 1944. Mad Gasser of Mattoon, also known as the Anesthetic Prowler, the Phantom Anesthetist, or simply the Mad Gasser. I like that name. Another I, super I villain don't like name probably exactly very super villainish. <laughs> was the name given to the person or people believed to be responsible for a series of apparent gas attacks that occurred in Mattoon, Illinois. More than two dozen separate cases of gassings were reported to police over the span of two weeks in addition to many more reported sightings of the suspect assailant. The gas here's supposed victims reported smelling strange odors in their homes, which were soon followed by symptoms such as paralysis of the legs, coughing, nausea, or vomiting.
1: That sucks.
0: Yeah. No one died or had any serious medical uh, consequences, thankfully. The Mothman of Point Pleasant is also in the same category, tall black figure seen on roofs or near woods, often scaring witnesses in 1966 and 67. Yeah. While Spring Hill Jack, the Mad Gasser, and O'Donnell Heights Phantom brandished lavish coax and an unnatural jumping ability, Mothman made his escape with a large pair of feathery wings. Mineral Point, Wisconsin had its own tall figure in black scare in the 1980s. Uh-oh. Though this may have been a prank by one of the actors from the Mineral Point American Players Theater. <laughs> also, it took place the night before April 1st, so take it with a grain of salt. Oh, Lord. <laughs> But as recently as 2005, residents of Santa Fe, Argentina, were terrorized by El Loco Tejado, or the Rooftop Madman. <laughs> how, how do you say "bleh" in Spanish? El bleh. <laughs> <laughs> el, el bleh.
1: That's awesome. That is awesome.
0: A tall figure in a black cape was scaling high walls and leaping from rooftop to rooftop. Citizens locked themselves in at night and patrolled streets with clubs and machetes. As for the Phantom, it has not been seen inside in Baltimore since 1951. The story is revived every Halloween when newspapers print the annual roundup of local ghosts, legends, and haunted houses. While mass hysteria is a reasonable explanation for the O'Donnell Heights Phantom, one can't help but wonder why. When a mass hysteria can take so many forms, why has it so often and not taken the form of a tall, thin, high-jumping figure in black? Alien. Man in Black, Bigfoot, Big, <laughs> Bigfoot, goat, uh, a goat very man.
1: N- a very nimble Bigfoot or Goat Man. Goat yeah. Man, <laughs> you never know.
0: Yep. So that's the uh, O'Donnell Heights figure, uh, Man in Black, dude. That's
1: awesome. I liked that. Pretty crazy, I huh? Like that story, man. Yeah. Good stuff. Fun
0: stuff, man. Fun stuff.
1: Hell yeah! All
0: right, man. What do we got going on next?
1: What do we got going on next? Well, next, I believe we are heading to the great state of Ohio. Oh-hi-ho. Ohio.
0: Ohio. All right, bro, let's get out of here and head on to Ohio.
1: Ohio bound my brother.